0: Someone doesn't know, like they're like, I wish I was a bit more creative. Would you recommend that they get a book and then just start writing, or a sketchbook to just start drawing, or maybe like a recorder and record? Like, is that where you would start? I I would start with stop saying you're not creative. You are listening to the Spicy Chai Podcast. I'm your host Maruk Imthiaz, and I'm on a journey to create inspiring, helpful, and meaningful content. This podcast is not going to showcase high-profile individuals spouting hollow advice like find your passion or hustle harder. Instead, my mission is to bring you the voices of people who are just a bit ahead of you, people you can relate to, and the people who will inspire you to put your own voice out there. So grab your cup of spicy chai and let's get this show started. Welcome to Episode 8. We are still talking to our guest, Victoria Melchor, and in episode 7, which was part one of this series, Victoria talks about how she made the decision to follow her heart. Then she talks about her journey to UX and what user experience is, UX is, and how it can apply to content creators, and what you can do if you're getting started on a blog tomorrow. The episodes are not related, but if you want to listen in on everything that I mentioned right now, go listen to episode 7, part 1, and here is part 2. Is uh where do how do people know how how important is this part before you actually start creating? You know, because you mentioned at the beginning too, like there's part of it is where you are doing the research and there's part of it where you are experimenting. So it's someone who's just like starting off creating a blog, like yourself, or like for me who just started off TikTok six months ago. Do I like for someone starting, let's say in two weeks, should they f- invest time doing this research, or do they just start? creating and then doing the side-by-side like do you think there's some significance to doing this beforehand uh or is it okay to do it side-by-side side too or is it okay to do it six months later t- as well like what are your thoughts around that
1: there is no right answer to that because there is people who will get it right without putting in the re- the time to do the research and actually i've worked with people who wanted to hire me as a, as a ux designer well i actually didn't work with them because they wanted to skip the research part, because they wanted to put in all this time into building something that may or may not be something that you can validate, right? And and the the valid so to me, I would always start with the research side of things, um, because it gives you more accurate data of what you're working with. Whereas if you start with without doing research, then you are just starting making assumptions. Which is fine, because again, you can still get it right if you make assumptions. And if you if you are familiar with the sprints, with sprints, they're basically the research process. But instead of doing the lengthy out the lengthy part of research, you're really just working through a project, process of trial and error. And, right. and the reason they're called sprints is because it's a quick it's, it's you're just like, OK, this worked. This great. This didn't work. Great. We move on. Right. So, sorry, if,
0: What are sprints? Like, could you could you explain that?
1: Oof, I don't, I don't know how to describe them. It's basically the design process. So the design process involves, the, you know, the, the, the research, right. the de- signing for a user, and then testing with the users, you know, making sure everything's working, et cetera, et cetera. But the sprint, but that process can take, it can take months, right? So when you right. do a sprint, you're really just testing and then improving based on the feedback you're getting from right. the test it's- you're running.
0: So if I understand it correctly, it could be something like, for me, I'm going to make 20 TikTok videos in the next seven days. Um, and every day I'm going to make two. And then in, once I'm done 20, I'm going to see what worked and what didn't. Is that a sprint? More or less, yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because this you're... Like some defined time around defined targets to just experiment.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And, okay. then you're, and you're grabbing that as feedback and then you're improving up- upon what you've learned. Mm-hmm. And and then you go from there.
0: Right. And so, um, and this, this, there might not be an answer to this question, but like, you know, so for someone who's like, who's creating like blogs or posts, Instagram posts, LinkedIn posts, TikTok videos, there's already that pressure of, I don't, I don't know if I should record this or if I should put, put this out there. And then there's this added thing um, of uh, research, which is definitely extremely important, but there are people out there that say don't procrastinate on things either. So where when people do get into that research part or even apply the sprint methodology, which I think is great because there should be some testing every time you're creating. If you want to be a content creator full-time, if this is what you want to do and if you're, that's where you're beginning, so I do agree you have to experiment and test, I do agree that you should do research. Um, but do you have any like some sort of initial guidance on... How much experimentation? How can people experiment and do research and create at the same time?
1: Well, that's what the sprint is, right? Because if you're creating something and you're creating, and you can start with the hypotheses and you can start saying, um, if this happens when I do this, then XYZ, right? Um, And then as you're executing, then that's actually your research, right? Okay. So because you're not instead of doing the research beforehand, you're just bringing it as part of your process. And honestly, as a content creator, like I understand that it's, what's it called? It's um, something over perfection. Finish uh, over,
0: over perfection. Is that what it's called? I know what you're talking about. I can't think of yeah. it. Uh, yeah. 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 So don't you procrastinate for, don't be perfectionist. It just makes you a procrastinator. Oh, perfection. Perfection is an excuse for procrastinating something like Probably that. something like so that.
1: exactly, and the point is that if you if you're just trying to churn out content, then the sprint right. makes sense for you, because quite honestly, um, yeah, like you you can't you, you know there's there's a there's some use to doing the research or a little bit of research because then you can know what people want, but at the same time, there's only so much you can do, and you, you can also get lost in the research. So right, you exactly yeah. So I think that the sprint's more or like what them sprint methodologies a lot more. Helpful for a content creator because you're basically doing research as you're testing, and you're improving on whatever you're testing with the re- with what you're gathering from what you- the work that you did.
0: Right. So. Just to completely break that down into some simple terms, a sprint for someone who's posting on LinkedIn or Instagram would look something like, I'm going to do one post a day for the next 30 days at, let's say, a certain amount of time. And after 30 days, I'm going to say that I get, I'm going to see either if I got more comments or if I got more followers or if I just um, am able to get more reach on my posts. And that is like, that would be an example of a sprint.
1: So two things to kind of address on that. So the first one is thirty days is too long for a sprint. Okay. You want to do something more like a week. A week. Two okay. weeks is probably long. Yeah. So that's so the number one, the short periods of time. That's why it's called a sprint. You know, right. I feel like a month is a marathon. Um, the second thing, we and I just had a brain fart and I'm trying to think of what I was gonna say about that. Um
0: Was it it Uh, the metrics or was it that I said one certain amount of time post every single day? Oh
1: yes. So you want to get granular because posting is very general. And I think if you get a little more specific on that. So if you say, if I post about a, so what are you posting about? So maybe I'm posting about personal development. Yeah. You're posting about a, then people are going to like that. And I'm going to get X, Y, Z, right? So that's where your metrics come in. So like more engagement versus, and then you can even get more granular than fitness. If I post about people who are on a weight loss journey, then I'm going to see this, you know, so then you get more
0: granular because that's,
1: fitness is still kind of generic. You want right. to get a little, that's where the niching down comes in. Right.
0: No, I, I really like that. I really like the, some of the concepts you mentioned. One, looking at your competitors to start when you're starting your journey. I've really liked the the sprint. And there was one more thing that you mentioned that I um, uh, the the balance between research and experimentation, uh, and also metrics. Because again, so many times it is very important to record, but it's so if you want to grow uh, in anything, you have to have metrics, and you have to have some sort of system in place for you to do research. I think I really like that. And you know, with, with this research, with your blogs, with, I mentioned earlier on as well, you're very good at like uh, taking websites and shitty websites and making them (laughs) really good. And you mentioned yourself, that's part of UX, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Copy is a big part of websites and copy is a big part of just content in general as well. So How do you, what kind of stuff can you tell someone who wants to write better copy? How do you go about writing better copy?
1: So number one, training. Um, I think it's very important to, for example, I bought a course about persuasive writing because I wanted to understand those concepts. So if there's things that you feel like you could um, use to improve upon your skill, then definitely you want to get that training. But again, don't let that become your sort of like, that's the only thing you do. You get stuck doing that instead of actually going out and executing. So number that's number one. Number two is understanding your ideal client. And again, it goes back to those conversations that you, if you have those conversations with people, then you know what they want. You know what they're looking for. You know what their story is. And then your copy becomes about addressing number one, the pain points, number two, what they want, Number three, there are challenges, things of the sort. And, and the idea is to address those in a specific, um, I believe there's a very specific, what's it called, um, sequence that you can use. And and I, you should be able to find that on the internet so if you do like sequence of a sales page or something like that. And it's very specific, like you start out with this, you continue with this, et cetera, et cetera. And if you compare sales pages for, for products, then you'll probably notice that they have a lot of the same the same sequence
0: right that's fair just kind of looking at what people are doing and how they're kind of writing and also upgrading your own skills um taking courses buying books totally totally get that and there's also uh, part aside from copy there's also the brand piece right where you need to know how to brand yourself uh when you're putting yourself out there um and i know you speak a lot about getting to know your ideal client um but for someone let's say starting off who doesn't know their ideal client and they haven't started the journey of getting to know their ideal client when they're putting themselves out there do they even try to brand themselves or do they just kind of go with the flow and then figure it out later i think i think i would go
1: with the flow and figure it out because the thing is uh, again you could you could stay in analysis paralysis forever right you know what? I feel like I'm pretty familiar with that myself. So I'd rather go out there and throw myself in the water and learn as I go and learn what are people looking for as you're going, which is again, the sprint method- methodology, basically, because um, you you have to have at least a general idea, right? You might not be super granular on your niche, kind of like I just did earlier, like went from fitness to people who are on a weight loss journey, uh, or who want to, you know, because be, that's somebody very different from somebody who works out because they want to be toned, right? right. Right. Somebody, and, and if you want to get a fitness journey, you want to get more granular then it's moms who want to lose their baby weight kind of thing. Right. right. So, you know, but you only learn that from talking to people or from observing people or from observing, answering the questions people have. But I think a lot of it too has to do with what you're interested in, because I don't know that I could write about weight loss as somebody <laughs> who doesn't diet. Right. or doesn't or you know doesn't really work out. So, you know, your your audience in a sense I think comes down to what you did, which is I'm I am my audience is me x months or x years ago.
0: Yeah. They like, I've heard that a lot. Like your niche is, could be a younger self, your younger self. It's like, Oh, younger Maruk is someone who's going to pay attention to my content because again, I want to be fitter. I want to be a content creator. I want to be a full-time entrepreneur one day. Um, and I'm definitely ahead. I'm not there yet, but I'm ahead of Maruk five years ago. Um, so yeah, I, I can definitely agree. And on that point of like, you've, from my conversation, like for our from our conversation, actually, um, it's pretty apparent that it's important to understand who you're talking to at a generic like baseline level. Um, but there are so many people content creators out there, especially on platforms like TikTok. Um, they they're creating and they they might have like lots of followers, like twenty thousand, thirty thousand, just because the reach the platform has. Uh, but if I could if i have were to have conversations with them they won't have a single clue on who their audience is is how bad is that or like uh, how would you how do you think that might impact them or will that impact them at all does it not matter for some people like could you talk a bit about that
1: i don't i don't i don't think it's a bad thing i don't i don't know they they might not be maybe it doesn't apply to them you know and the thing about this is that and that's why i was saying earlier you asked something along the lines of uh the way to approach the situation. And I was like, well, there really is no right answer. I just, you know, and then you have like Instagram models where everybody loves to hate on them right. because they're beautiful, but they have like millions of followers. They do, yeah. Uh, you know, and some of them might just do it because they just want to take pictures of themselves looking good. And that's really, and their audience is maybe people who like to look at girls who look good. <laughs> and, you know, and that's, yeah. and, that's
0: okay. and even right. if they don't
1: know that, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's a disservice to them. That's kind of I, what I was thinking. I was like, like it might yeah. impact
0: them when they actually want to monetize their brand because I not think so. all these extra millions followers who are just following you, but you don't really know what their voice is. You don't really know why they're following you. Um, and it might also in- impact engagement, right? Like on your pictures or your posts. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean and it, it just they might not have the business savvy I think I think knowing your audience a lot of times is is very businessy term so they might just not have the business savvy I'm, I'm wondering maybe they could you know if 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 I was um if I was one of them maybe it'd be like maybe I should sell a uh, what's it called a wall calendar of myself right out on the beach half you know, in, a, in a really hot bikini I don't know maybe they might try to do something like that or they might not but then again I feel like those people like like chicks like that, they might get other kinds of deals and that's why they're doing it. I think it comes down to why, what they're trying to get out of it.
0: And, and that's the uh, the complicated stuff, right? It's, or not really complicated, but just different. It's uh, it's kind of difficult to understand why some people can still do well from a follower perspective. Like they can get lots of followers mm-hmm. despite really following the traditional, figure out your niche, do your ideal customer, post a certain way, uh, record videos in a certain style, and they're, they're still getting ahead. But at least in my experience, from what I've, what I've seen, even people who have 10,000, 20,000 followers, 50,000 million, people who don't really, th- their their content isn't specific to something. Uh, it's either they get annoyed or at the lack of engagement on their posts, or there's only certain things they could do, or at that moment, they hire a business coach because they have enough to be like, all right, now help me understand how I can monetize this. But when you kind of go through this process from early on and you've done the hard work in the front, it could help you put yourself in a better position if you decide to monetize your content later on. I I think so too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, I feel like it's a disservice not knowing who your audience is or or why they're following you.
0: Yeah. And that's completely fair. Cause I mean, at the end of the day from at least from, from, I mean, I was hearing a Brené Brown podcast and she said, um, nobody who got famous got famous because they wanted to get famous you know uh she's like you know everyone that did did it because they were trying to serve someone um she was like she really wanted to get into people who felt a lot of shame and guilt and she's like she didn't want to be famous but she did so uh it just always reminds me is that people like who really think about adding value to others are the ones in the long run at least get ahead who knows
1: And and going back to Instagram models, like what kind of value are they providing? And and this is a serious question. I'm not, and it's not rhetorical, or I'm not mocking them. Like I'm seriously asking, like what kind of value are they providing? Like there's dudes who like they just want to look at a pretty girl, you know, and or or chicks who are like, oh my gosh, she's so hot, I want to be like her, right? Right? And and that is a sort of value in itself. True, that is Um, actually, yeah. So it just. But if you don't understand that, or if you don't know how to monetize that, then that's when it's a disservice to you. And I think part of the monetization comes into understanding who your client is, yeah, or your audience, if
0: you will. Yeah, no, Um, that's good. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Another thing that I actually really want to touch base on is on your LinkedIn profile, it says you're creative genius. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. creativity or uh, the skill is something that a lot of people really want to have, or they really want, you know, we talked about innovation, you know, where you give people something that's why so many new videos get viral, because you give people something they didn't even know they needed. Mm-hmm. And even if it's for entertainment. Uh, but how does one work on that skill? Because there might be people who are like, man, I wish I was a bit more creative to create content, but I don't think I am. Can one work on that skill? And how does one work on that skill?
1: So. Okay, so I there's there's two things that I have to say about that. So number one is I am privileged. I am lucky that I was born a very creative person, whatever that means. Like I really just I it's something that maybe I take for granted and I shouldn't because I but at the same time, it's maybe something that other people can do. Right. So the thing about it is that I also kind of just think outside the box a lot and and I do it naturally because that's who I am. So that's, the, I wanted to start with that, because there's, there's things that we're naturally good at. And then there's things you have to work at to get good at. And for me, creativity is just something that I'm good at naturally. Um, I'm like, and that's part of it, because I have a vivid imagination, like, I, I like, off chart. Number one, number two, I do believe everybody has the capacity of being creative. And creativity, I think gets confused with art or being artsy
0: fartsy or being yeah yeah. or like musical instruments yeah
1: yeah and it's and it's it's not actually yes it is and it's not and i because honestly if you if you if you follow people who draw um a lot of us were good at it i'm not as good at it as i could be as i wish you draw i'm horrible at it i will yeah i draw
0: but like i don't draw well
1: (laughs) But, but but how long have you been drawing two years I've been drawing my whole life.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: And, and every right. time I look at art from back in the day of mine, I'm like, oh, man, like there's, there's, a, there's a leap in skill. So it's a skill that you work on, right? So that's why art, to me, creativity and art, yeah, they're related, but they're not the same thing. Um, creativity, uh, it's, it, there's a, it's a mixture of thinking outside the box, in my opinion, but it also has an element of creating, you know even the word says is it in itself so right. just the, uh, creating is creativity in itself um, and i think we're we're we might be a little bit too hung up on the idea that you have to create something that's outside the box to to go viral right um, right if, because that's what that's what creativity means when creativity to me it's just like you're you're creating and you're because um and, and a lot of it to me has to do with expressing what's inside and giving birth to it out into the world. Right.
0: So if someone doesn't know, like they're like, I wish I was a bit more creative. Would you recommend that they get a book and then just start writing or a sketchbook to just start drawing or maybe like a recorder and record? Like, is that where you would start? I I would start with stop saying you're not creative. (laughs) Just stop. Oh, Sue, power of language.
1: Yeah. Like stop, stop with that and then start maybe reframe that into like, I wonder where my creativity lies. Because to me, it's funny, you mentioned the whole creative genius thing because that was like back, um, what well, was it, maybe two years ago before when I was starting to apply for UX jobs. I, I was like, I made a, an intention and my intention was that I wanted to work on my zone of creative genius. That was my intention. I love that. And that's what I'm saying. It's funny, you just never know what's gonna happen. You gotta let the genu- universe do its thing. Right. Because you never know what's going to happen. You set the intention. You let the universe do its thing. And the, the term creative uni- genius actually comes from the principal at the work I at the school I used to work at. He there's these people he was touring, and and he's like, okay, this is such and such office, and this is such and such and such and such. Oh, and that's Victoria. She's our, this is where the creative genius happens.
0: So oh, okay,
1: you know, such so as a yeah. sort of how tool, you were right?
0: introduced, yeah. So that's pretty amazing
1: yeah and I was like holy shit like I I had wanted this and here I am right but um and we're yes
0: you mentioned like two very powerful things one power of language making sure that we're saying the right things rather than saying hey I'm not creative how do I get creative hey where can I find my creative genius I loved that and the second thing is the universe is working for you and for those for different people that could mean different things some people can believe in faith God uh other spiritual gods. Some people believe in the universe. It's just kind of putting an intention out there. This is what I want. Mm -hmm. Like I want to be a content creator. I want to be a successful YouTuber. I want to be successful TikToker doing the work every day, but also putting the intention out there, uh, to whatever higher power we believe in. So I really love that as well. It's just, it's, it's powerful stuff. And you have to let go
1: because Mm -hmm. remember, when I set my intention to work in my zone of creative genius, I was applying for U- UX jobs. Right. And remember, Nobody was hiring me. And remember, just, I ended up doing something completely different that turned out to be and confirmed my zone of creative genius.
0: So this is where you kind of have to go to episode seven, part one of the series where Victoria talks about her UX experience and how things were not really going her way. Back to the interview so right. so i mean that's powerful it's just kind of making an intention of be, being a successful youtuber but also having the ability to let go mm-hmm. that's i mean it's difficult but I, I get it it's just kind of like doing everything working hard but be willing to pivot as new information comes about or new opportunities come about and just kind of staying open to everything
1: I, and i think a lot of what has to do with it and um testing this dangerous advice I'm not advising anybody to go quit their job in the middle of a pandemic and a- economic downturn <laughs> because right now like I'm I might seem cool on the surface but I have about three months left worth of money right right save in my savings account so there's a point where I'm like ah oh, where, where is this happening right I, I, I get it but I think the only thing that's within my control right now and the only thing that I can do right now is do stuff that I love right and do stuff that uh, you know, and, and, and that's why I feel like if you're going to do that content creation generate journey, you have to really love what you're doing because you have to love it enough to let go of whatever outcome comes because you actually have to be open to the outcomes. So I love that. But again, that's why I'm saying. Don't try this at home. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> it's true. It's
0: like, you, it's, um, loving the process, loving, like creating TikTok videos, Instagram, LinkedIn, even if, knowing that it might fail or knowing that nothing good can come out of it, but loving the loving doing it anyway. And I think that's where a lot of people get it confused uh, or people quit a lot earlier because it's, I didn't get followers because I made four videos and nobody liked it. Uh, I mean, I've heard that. I've literally heard that exact line or, um, you know, I've been posting once a week and I, I don't know what else to do. I've been doing everything I can. And here I am posting like four times a day, you know, still with like, you know, it's just sometimes I. because I, I mean, I, I do like the process. This, even this conversation, I, I'm just enjoying the conversation with you. I don't know what's going to happen with the podcast, right? But it's just the process. And I, I do agree. That's something I have noticed with people who do this more long-term versus people who quit a lot earlier. It's uh, people who quit a lot earlier. is like, I need the money or how can I monetize quickly? How do I get merch <laughs> with stuff on so people can buy? Yeah. Versus let me just create, add value to people that I think this would add value to for now. Experiment, yeah. test, how can I add more value? Uh, and then kind of go from there. Yeah. 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 You spoke a lot about advice. What are, what is some bad advice that you've gotten? Um, Like, for example, like you're, even the fact that you're starting a blog soon, um, you probably like talk to some people or like even just any type of content created, like what is some bad advice that you've gotten uh, that you would like to share? And why do you think it was bad?
1: I don't know. Um, I'm trying to... um... I don't know. I can't think of anything honestly. That's a good thing.
0: Maybe <laughs> <laughs> you haven't gotten any bad advice. I mean, I
1: feel like yeah, there's a lot of bad advice out there, but Yeah.
0: Even when God. it's related to like websites or copy or something. Like is there anything that you hear all the time that you're like, "Oh, people have to stop saying that?" Not not really. I think it's more along the lines of people have to start doing the
1: research. But in, and I know I've kind of contradicted myself because I've said just go out and do it, but <laughs> you said there's a but, balance. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. But I feel like, and I, and I feel like I've made this mistake myself before, um, back in 2012, I tried the, the, the life coaching lifestyle and it didn't work out for me. And I think part of it is because I didn't understand the audience and Mm -hmm. I didn't do any research about the audience. I just put a page out there and I said, I can help you live the life of your dreams, which is what every other life coach says. And the reason every other life coach says that is because they don't know Their audience because they don't know who they're talking to because they don't know that maybe they don't want to live the life of their dreams maybe they want to do like for example erin erin's uh new direction for her website that i'm working on is is uh people with the mission who want to launch that vision
0: and obviously i'll help you all out erin's episodes are episode number two and three how to do what you love and get paid for it. If you want to go check out Aaron Baker on this podcast right now, go ahead and do it back to the interview. Right. Right. So that's a very different a guest, uh, one of the guests on the podcast as well. So yeah. 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 and
1: and She she might talk about this and that's very different from helping you live the life of your dreams, which is, you know, and that's where I think that's, that's where copying your competition hurts you because then you're just saying what everybody else is saying when they might not know what they should be saying and that's right. where copywriting comes in those conversations you had with people are your copy
0: mm-hmm. basically yes. no this is great again it, it ties it back really well to what we initially said that if you want to do this long term try adding some aspects of research some aspects of experimentation and there's different methods one one mentioned was sprint um, so i really really like that and i also really like the the conversation we had about like creativity Universe um, and how you have to let go. So, one final question for you. So, me again, uh, and I forgot to ask Victoria where you could find her online. Uh, oops. Anywho, so you can find Victoria at com. That's our website. So, Ixchel Creative, creative with a K. I guess she's different. This will all be in the show notes, but I want to make sure for those of you that are driving or just listening to this on a commute, uh, you guys have that access too. And don't forget, for everyone listening to this episode, Victoria is giving a free website audit. Link in the show notes. Okay, now for real, back to the final question. So, one final question for you would be what advice would you give your younger self? Chill the fuck out. <laughs>
1: No, you know, honestly, it's, it's, and I think because I'm going through this right now, um, having quit my job Mm -hmm. and not having income, um, because whenever I was applying for those UX jobs, it was really hard on the ego to get rejection emails and rejection emails and, Oh, sorry, we didn't like you. We're going to go with somebody else. But I didn't have a clue. I didn't have the slightest clue that what I had coming my way was even better. It's just and I think I think that there's a lot to be said about you know just putting your best foot forward and doing the work until you and just keep going. You kind of have to just keep going. You have to be open to what comes your way. Accept everything. What
0: expect nothing except everything. Exactly. Just keep swimming.
1: Just keep swimming. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the <laughs> disney, disney, or is that disney is that pixar
1: uh aren't Finding they same Momo. i thought they're the same thing now
0: oh I, I have no idea um well either way since i'm such a big fan well thank you so much uh thank for you. being on the podcast today uh for those of you who are subscribed already thank you so much for subscribing for those who have not please hit the subscribe button and i'm looking forward to seeing you next week take care Hey, you. Thanks for listening to Spicy Chai. I really appreciate it. And to make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the podcast, The Obvious. And if you want to learn more, head over to marukimthiyaz.com. And until next time, my friend, hit the record button or, you know, the publish. Lots of love from your favorite. You got this beautiful.